Hey everyone. Just a quick episode today related to the California elections. But I wanted to put a particular spin on this one as sort of a case study in how well-intentioned policy can be bad policy. So on the ballot in California, we have Prop 21. And yeah, let's see, it says, expands local government's authority to enact rent control on residential property. So in a crisis, it sounds like the type of thing a compassionate government would try to do. Mass unemployment, you put stricter measures on on the amount of rent that can be charged. Or even just not in light of the pandemic, just in general. Rents in California tend to be fairly outrageous as uh, as rents go. Partly because people like to live in California. A lot of people immigrate here. Lots of businesses here. So, high demand for housing. Rents go up. Also, higher property values. Anyway, so... I'll throw this dig in here. Not 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 really a dig. I'm I'm generally pro Bernie Sanders, but here's here's a good place where he can be wrong. So rent control, the issue of rent control is an interesting space in that what's good for businesses also tends to be what's good for the consumers as well. I'm generally pretty pro-worker, pro-consumer. And in this instance, what's good for workers, what's good for consumers, what's good for the general population is also what's going to be good for property owners. Which sounds like an outrageous claim, but it works. So as long as housing is being provided by private individuals and companies housing has to be a profitable investment the outlay of capital involved in buying up land and building residential units or or buying existing properties and uh, renovating or fixing it up and then renting it out that has to be profitable. It's part of the the calculus any person does when they're trying to make money. Is the money I'm going to lay out in this venture going to going to be repaid to me by way of by way of profit? Does the does the risk I take by putting my money into this property, into this investment, going to justify the risk. And even in residential property, even in renting out property, there is risk. You could lose your money. You could lose the investment. You could lose uh, lose residence. You can, I don't know, property damage. Like, there, there's all kinds of things that can go wrong 
when you're renting out property. And when companies and individuals, landlords in general, are trying to set rent amounts, it's an amount of, well, what amount of profit is is reasonable to make here given how much it's going to cost me to maintain this property or or to invest in this property in the first place if it's a really expensive area property value wise then what would justify buying up land and building more housing would be the higher rents that they could charge so it may sound backwards like okay so you're gonna charge so you're gonna build up properties you're gonna charge high rents how is that good for workers how is that good for consumers how's that good for the general population well as long as there's money to be made in a marketplace people will enter that marketplace the so so high property values high rents more and more companies more and more individuals will say I want to get into the landlording business. And what does that do? It puts them in competition with one another. So you have a you have a place with high property values, with high rents. A bunch of people say, "Oh, gold rush. Let's let's go in here. Let's build up rental units and try to rent them out and make a bunch of money." Yeah, but everybody else has that idea. Or every every investor inclined to to make investments like this has that same idea so if you want to attract tenants like as, as the supply of housing goes up if you want to attract tenants then you're going to need to compete as far as cost goes with with rents they're going to lower their prices to compete with one another absent that that's the mechanism that's how you get lower rents. Absent that mechanism, people are not going to want to enter the housing market and build more units. It's just not worth the capital. Or let's say, let's say it's not a risk-based assessment. Let's say you don't think you're going to lose money, but you are a company or an individual with a finite amount of money. Maybe your money is better put elsewhere. It's not an attractive investment to build residential units in a rent-controlled area. We want companies, we want individuals to build more residential units. First, because barring some extreme demographic crisis, the population is going to continue rising. And because if we want lower rents, we have to endure a period of this rent sucks. Otherwise, it will never get better. So I got the, I guess the, the voting guide. I got a couple different voting guides. Here's here's a brief, uh, brief aside, as far as the election goes. I got two different. Oh, I've I've gotten a bunch of voter materials in the mail but two of them were pretty interesting there was a progressive voter guide and a cops voter guide which is an interesting framing of of, of ideologies 
like I don't consider myself uh, averse to either of those camps. Like I want progress, but I also like living a place where there's police that will show up, right? These need not be opposed to one another, but they are sent out as separate separate issue guides. Whereas progressives might want one thing, people who support law enforcement might want another thing. Which, eh, eh. I don't know how I feel about that. I get that there there is that element in today's discourse, but I personally don't don't feel that way. Anyway, the cops voter guide is no on Prop 21, no on rent control. And the progressive voter guide is yes on Prop 21. And the way it's framed in the progressive voter guide in California is it is endorsed by Bernie Sanders. My first thought was, but I like Bernie Sanders. So many of, of what what he's in favor of is something that I support. But he's he, he's he's wrong here. He's wrong on this policy. I haven't dug too deeply into it, but I suspect he might be wrong more broadly about economic matters. Now, with respect to the crisis, the economic crisis caused by caused by the pandemic, people losing jobs, you know, working families needing support. I think he was one of the strongest voices advocating for workers. We need, you know, better unemployment benefits, we need Medicare for all. In, in light of all of this, to support working people, etc., etc., I think that's good. I think in in a crisis situation, that's the type of that's the type of leadership that might be called for. Because this is the pandemic and the econ related economic crisis are in a way artificial. Like we kind of shut down the economy. It's it's at least partly artificial. So it's 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 policy induced and could be construed as, well, the solution to the problems caused by those policies would be other contrasting policies. But in just in the general marketplace, not looking at the pandemic situation, how much government intervention do you want in a marketplace? Me, certain things, absolutely. I, I definitely think that Tenants need proper protections. It is extremely lopsided, the power arrangement between landlords and tenants. I mean, whereas a landlord might lose income, you could be out on the street. Like, there's, there's clearly different interests at heart here. So, Yes, I think there there does need to be policy in place to protect tenants. This is not that policy though. I'm gonna gonna I'm only hammering on Bernie Sanders here to illustrate that. Well, for one, it's not a good idea to have heroes, in my opinion, because they can be wrong. What if, what if, what if you're in a position where? You look at somebody you generally admire and you generally respect, and they're they're just wrong about something. Rent control is just not good policy. So what what am I supposed to do to to, to square that? 
with my my general respect for him as a politician, him as a person, generally policy I think oriented in the right direction, but nonetheless is still bad policy. And it's 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 strange. Sometimes free markets are how you handle a bad situation. Not always. There, there's definitely things property investors and landlords can do that are unconscionable. But the market forces of the amount of rent that gets charged are not one of those things. Now, I could picture maybe a situation where if, let's say this was public housing, like this was government built and operated where the government would be setting its own prices anyway. Okay, sure, do whatever you want with with that. Or maybe if there was only one property builder or whatever you want to call it in the state, we would need to have certain controls on them the same way we would uh, like a, a utility company. Like if there's only one supplier of electricity in the area, we got to have some government oversight in there because monopolies are not good. Or maybe what if all property owners and managers were in collusion with one another, unfairly raising rents against our better interests? That wouldn't be good either. But I don't think that's the situation here. Anyway, just a, just a quick dig at Bernie, I suppose. <laughs> I'm joking. Just, um, it surprised me. Like, that was the... I don't know that sometimes progressive is progressivism can dip into just plainly bad economic policies. And I'm generally pro worker, pro little guy, but it is because I am pro little guy that I don't think we should put rent control here. If you think something unfair and abusive is happening specifically or within a particular system, let's talk about that. But the general we need to interfere in the market forces of supply and demand with respect to rent, I don't think that's the case. I know that's harsh. Like, I'm mindful that that could be really bad short-term for a lot of people, myself included. But the only way out is, is that direction. Temporary pain. Temporary pain. And then it will eventually get better. Ideally. Anyway, as a final note for this episode, if you're in California, early voting is now open. I have already cast my ballot. I am permanently registered as a vote-by-mail voter, so take that, Trump. Deal with it. You don't even have to necessarily send it by mail. There's many, many ballot drop-off locations, at least in my area. So, I, I and I say this w without any tinge of irony. Like, I, I know that rhetoric in this direction can be vote the way I want you to vote, but I've thought about this. If there was ridiculously high voter turnout and it happened to be in a direction that I didn't like, that would be bittersweet. I would love to see 
mass participation in our democracy, in voting, that would make me feel good, even if it did not go the direction I wanted it to go. Like, what would I really say? I mean, I would be unhappy, like, okay, 90% voter turnout in the country and we elect Trump. Whoo, doggy, but hey, so be it. So yeah, go out and go out and vote or stay in and vote. Walk to your mailbox and vote. <laughs>